You can have all the money in your hands, all the possessions anyone can ever have. But it's all worth it's treasure. True worth is only measured not by what you got, but what you got in your heart. You can have, you can have. Never had it so good. 101.1 radio, the best R&B and hip hop music. The Quiet Storm every Friday and Saturday. Talk radio with the best host in the business. 
Sports Talk Radio Every weekend night with Princess Cooper Never had it so good radio Now on 101.1 And it's 24-7 The world's best radio station In this day and time Stereotypes are the false descriptions For all of humanity James T. Deshay is the author of two great poetry books that attempt to describe life from a male perspective. It has been a common belief that men are unable to put into words their deepest feelings and spend most of their time focused on the surface of what life means. Thoughts, love, and reflections, and passion, desire, and contemplation take you on a journey that has very few travelers. Mr. Deshay has opened his heart and spirit up in ways that few have ever experienced. The depth of his poetry will have you reading his books and poems over and over again. You will find yourself using his passages to describe your own feelings to your family and friends. It is now time to put aside your thoughts and feelings related to the depth of men's thoughts and delve deeply into the words of James T. Deshay. Once again, he will put an end to your thoughts that men can't translate their heartfelt spirit into words. Both of these books will allow you to find comfort in the reality of the heart of men. You will spend hours trying to embrace the way men want to love and display their passion to the women they love. Don't be fooled by those books that create love through words of lust, vulgarity, and unhealthy displays of sexual activities you will discover the types of words that will allow you to rejoice in the future of what love truly means to men. Your book clubs and families will be able to discuss these words without fear. No one will have to leave the room. Both of these books can be purchased at jamestdeshay2.com and lulu.com. Feel free to reach out to the author at tlreflectionsjtd at gmail.com. This is James T. Deshay, the host of Thoughts, Love, and Reflections. We're on seven days a week, Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and Sunday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We're here so that your voices can be heard loud and clear. Uh, Nate, um, are you in a position or are you feeling okay enough to, to, to talk a little bit about what is, has taken place in 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 your life right now? Oh uh, yeah, I could talk about it. I mean, maybe I do need to talk about it. You know, um, uh, I just found out the day that somebody that's very close to me, actually, is a former girlfriend of mine. Found out the day that uh, her son committed suicide, and uh, I was at work, and uh, there's something a text a text. Um, and I don't know the, all the details to it yet, but I know he was, um, he has some issues going on. He's, uh, he attempted suicide a few other times and, and the day, uh, um, I hate to use the word successful, but he finally was successful in doing that. My mom went to go check up on, check up on the young lady and everything. And, um, you know, she's, she's a mess. And, uh, me and her brother, we best friends. And I came home, I called him. He had just, Found out when I called him, I was going to tell him. I didn't want to tell him at work. 
And um it just right now, you know, it just reminded me of, of some of my friends that I lost when I was in Iraq. We had a guy that came back home and he committed suicide and a cow pastor. And, you know, he was real, real young too. This young man, he was like 24, 25 years old and had a, has a loving mom, good mom. I mean, awesome mom. Dad, on the other hand, well, I'm just going to leave it at that. Dad could have did a lot better. He tried to talk to the dad about stuff, but dad was type the time I just want you to just grow up and be a man and hush up and all that kind of stuff. And that, that didn't work. So when my son came in this morning, uh, he came in this this evening, I sat down and talked to him and everything like that. I said, listen, is there anything on your mind or your heart that you need to talk about? I said, I ain't necessarily got to agree with it, but I want you to get it out so we can come to a reasonable conclusion of how we can fix things. And right now my heart is just, it, it just, it just, it's real heavy right now, you know. And the only reason I'm, I'm, I'm addressing it because stuff like this needs to be addressed, you know. You know, tough love are gonna go so far. We have to be wise when it comes to being what well, so-called tough love and everything. Cause we have to understand different generations are just that they're different, and you know, so we have to be careful with those kind of things. And um, and I, I feel like I lost my son um this evening. And everything, you know, he could have well did have been my son. My son was in similar situations, and it's being a young lady they got together years earlier. This dude would have been my son, so I'm just I'm hurt. I'm grieving for the family, you know. And um, the parents shouldn't bury their kids. It should be the other way around. And I thank God that my mom didn't have to bury me. That God brought me home from Iraq and Afghanistan, but at the same time, when I first came home, I wasn't all the, I wasn't all the way there. You know, I contemplated suicide a couple of times myself. And, you know, people are always talking about, oh, that's not uh, black people don't think like that, and this and that, and that, that white folks do that. You know, uh, next next person say that to me, I'm going to hit them in their mouth because, you know, they don't, they don't understand the emotions of people. You know, they don't understand that we're dealing with a spirit and everything. You know, there's a lot of things to that that we're ignorant to that we need to educate ourselves on. But as parents... You know, even though we don't talk to our kids often, we should. We, we we need to check up on them. Even though they're doing okay, we still need to check up on them. Ask God for wisdom how to how to deal with them, especially after they get grown and stuff like that. Cause we don't know what all they're carrying and what they grow up with. I know I grew up with a lot of stuff inside me. So you know, and that's one of the reasons why I had to get counseled when I came counseling when I came home from uh from uh, Afghanistan. It wasn't just dealing still with the combat, it was dealing still with my childhood too. So we, we let's not be ignorant to those kind of things and let's be let's don't minimize how people feel and let and let's 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 take heed um to this young man taking his life like that so early. And there seem to be a lot of people and I'm, I'm, I shouldn't use the term a lot of people, but there seems to be a number of people in Orlando. Uh, my my daughter interacts with a lot of children and has been because she's been working with the um, working with uh, young people since she was eighteen and and in the uh, so she she knows a lot of people. But also, people kill themselves or commit suicide in a lot of different ways. And when you say African African Americans don't tend to do it, some of them tend to do it by outrageous behavior, you know, and, and right. so when I interacted with a lot of young men in jail, 
uh, they had destructive behaviors, which led me to believe they didn't love themselves. So sometimes you don't do it directly, but you do it because of the things you get into. And uh, recently, recently we had two uh, celebrities who committed suicide. You know, we really have to understand that people hurt in a lot of different ways, and we need to respect their pain and ask them to talk to us to see if we can talk them through it. Um, I was, I have to, you know, admit, you know, when I hear you say that, you know, you contemplated, I remember when my mother and father died within two weeks of each other, and me being an only child, it came with a lot of grief uh, to have uh, both of my parents gone and me having nobody to really, I could really go talk to and depend on. And I have to tell you that my daughter, you know, that's when my daughter really came into play when she, when I felt like I had to live for her. Had I not had a daughter, it would have been a, a whole lot of different talk to, you know, when I was talking to myself or in my lonely place uh, that may have played out differently. Uh, you know, you have to realize when you have an only child, you know, they they really um, gavinate or to their parents and they have a special bond with their mother and father. And uh, so when I lost both my parents, it was a really, really tough time for me. Um, Joyce, what what do you think about this time and place we've had two celebrities uh, commit suicide, and and now um, Nate is talking about somebody close uh, to him, uh, almost like a son, commit suicide. You know, we really have to deal with the fact that our world is uh, is really uh, going through something right now, and people are not as happy, I think, as it used to be. Well, I I think, good afternoon, everyone. I think that uh, America is really hurting. Uh, America is crying out in so many different ways, and we don't have that compassion, and we're not willing to listen, and that is one reason why I preach all the time about communicating with our young people. Talk to them. you got to find out where their heads are, what they're thinking, and the whole bit. Because uh, what you think is easy to go, go lucky with them, uh, it's, they're hurting inside. And pain is pain. And you just have to admit and, and don't feel bad about uh, bouncing things off. Plus, I think we need to take the time to listen. Everybody's in a hurry going. They're so busy moving. And they, where are you going? Ain't going. No place. My thing is we need to take the time and somebody got something off their mind, let them talk. Let them talk over and over right. again until, and it's a healing. It's therapy for them. So we got to be able to be that listening sounding board when they need it. And we can pick up on when they need something, too. Because one thing, when they start talking and saying this stuff over and over again, that's a healing for them. That's therapy. So we got to be able to willing to listen, be open-minded, and don't be in too big a hurry to turn them off to move on. Because what they're saying is just as important as to what it is that you feel that you got you you don't have time for, and I, that's where we are. We just need to be more compassionate. And my condolence goes out to to that person and to your friend uh, very much. So, Nate, thank you, uh, Cheryl. You know, being believers like most of us are, 
uh, we sometimes forget that there is a lot of people who are not just getting through life as easily as we think they should. And certainly when you got all the money that you need, like these two uh, celebrities did, and yet they did it anyway, shows you that there is pain beyond financial success. Are you Good there, afternoon. Cheryl? I'm he- I'm here. Go ahead. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, and how's everyone doing? Um, it saddened me to hear um, your story, um, Nate. But depression and suicide is so real. Um, these are individuals who don't feel like they matter, and mm-hmm. I too many years was on um, medication for depression, anxiety, and um, this had a lot to do with after um, Hurricane Katrina um, starting all over. And many days I felt like um, was my existence still even needed? Do I even need to be here? Um, One of the things that I did find out is that the medication, what it does is it gets you in a state of mind where it quiets you down, but it does more harm, and that's what I found. I'm not saying everybody, that it does Mm -hmm. more than good because the state of mind and condition that it's putting your head and your body in, it's making you more suicidal. And that is one of the side effects that they do tell you on the medication itself. And then on top of that, it becomes addictive. But what a person feels is so valid and so real. It's not up for debate at all. Don't argue with them. Don't try to tell them, help them to see a different way of what they see. Help them to work through where they are, but don't tell them you wrong or your feelings or, you know, you shouldn't feel like that. How are you going to tell mm-hmm. somebody you should feel when they telling you and pouring your heart out to what they're feeling? And if you're not capable of handling a person like that, don't say anything at all. Point them in a direction where they can get the help that they need because it can go so quick. Somebody can say we had a church member last year that said he wanted to kill himself. He went off. He sat in a park. He put a head, the gun to his head, and he shot himself. He was in his early 20s. He was calling out for help in many different ways. But people don't take it seriously because they don't understand. And even if you don't understand, tell somebody what you heard. Tell somebody that can help. The last thing that they need is to be ridiculed and to make thoughts of what they are thinking and what they are believing, that they're crazy, that they're wrong for it, and that their feelings are not valid. And a lot of times I want to find out 
you know, if you are on any medication. Because, like I said, I know what it's like. You know, after Hurricane Katrina, I was displaced, no job, no home. The money that you have don't last that long. You don't know where you're going, what you're going to do, how you're going to start all over. Everything that you ever thought that you worked for, toward, it just disappears. And not saying that I didn't build my strength from God, but I believe that the medication took me in a direction that I really did not want to go. It kept me there. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be there. Because when I went to church, nobody knew my situation because my praise was for real. I took over. I mean, I worshiped. I was up and down the aisles. And then when I told my story, people looked at me like I was crazy because they couldn't tell by my praise of my situation because I'm going to praise him anyway. And I almost felt like I sat there. I was watching myself. I felt like I was two people that I had an out-of-body experience that I was still sitting down, but I still was up praising God all the time, but watching myself. So we got to be very, very careful as to what we say around people, you know, and be very, very careful of getting on any medication because, like I said, there are some strong side effects. And if you have the opportunity to read what people who are on medication for depression, what it causes, it causes more depression, it causes suicidal thoughts, it causes all of those things that you're trying to escape from. But if you don't know no better and you get yourself caught up, you can find yourself in a place where you really don't want to be. You know, I re- my heart really goes out to those individuals who have thought about it, who have done it, their families. Um, and, it's you know, mental illness is serious. It's so serious. And we have to start dealing with it like it really is serious. Hello? But I don't know what happened to James. Yeah, you got, yeah, got quiet. Okay, okay do you want to come in? I'm back. Well, this is, I wanted to say that there are a lot of times the stereotype does more harm than good. And we really need to work in our families to establish value and love. Uh, again, being honest with my, my family, uh, I was the only child. But I never remember getting a kiss from my dad or him telling me he loved me. Uh, I thought I think he he showed me he loved me in a lot of different ways, but not ever in words. And you know, so a lot of times, you know, we have to be careful. I know my dad was really supportive of everything that I did, but he never would. He he never shared that he truly loved me. Um, and I'm not sure if my mom ever did either. You know, I mean, it, they showed you in there the way they treated you, but the words. So sometimes we need to make sure that not only our habits, but our, we display our love by sharing that we love each other and that we value each other and we need each other. Um, 
you know, I, I have to, to make sure that I let my daughter know that I value her and I need her. And uh, there are times when I need her to come to my rescue. And so, you know, people is uh, people have to show how important each other are. So, um, D, you know, we recognize that we went through a, a time and place where that kind of stuff, that lovey-dovey stuff was not necessarily what was shown at home. But that might be what is needed uh, today. Well, good afternoon, everybody. And uh, really do, uh, for the lack of a better term, I really can I can appreciate the topic. Uh, this is a topic that is what sometimes is taboo, uh, in, yeah. especially in black communities. Uh, you know, a lot of things in the black community we don't care to talk about because of uh, the sensitivity of it, and it makes you kind of feel. Uh, it makes you kind of feel um, uh, a sense of compassion and sensitivity and, and, and empathy. You know, um, you know, in today's time, um, more so than ever, uh, to feel compassionate for another person and to feel em- empathetic for another person in today's time, especially in the black communities, uh, is a, uh, I've been told by people that are younger than myself, it show it, it has a aura of, of weakness to it. If you can imagine that, um, that's why Facebook uh, is uh, a cesspool of people that don't want to feel empathetic to another person. Um, I. Uh, I've, I've just it had just been revealed to me by my oldest son that uh, he had had some thoughts of dying, um, and uh, he was the only child between me and my my ex-wife. Uh, he was nothing like me. Uh, he's actually uh, kind of sheltered sheltered kid. Um, we. My wife and I, we grew up in the, in the drug culture, my ex-wife and I. We drew up, grew up in the, in the drug culture, and we kind of sheltered him from all of that. Um, he even had uh, issues in school, in high school, where uh, he didn't fit in in the sense of the word, fit in with everybody else. Uh, he, he wore nice clothes. Uh, he wore he wore he wore nice sweaters, and the kids used to tease him about that. Um, he wasn't hood enough for their for their uh, for their company. He wasn't hood enough for their company, and so uh, and so uh, he kind of grew up isolated. I think he was a virgin for a long time, um, and. Um, even um, girls that he took a, uh, a liking to, again, he wasn't hood enough. He wasn't thug enough. Um, that is a that was a time that that was a, a a space and time that they had his peers had accepted as being normal, being thug and being hood. So and he was not that person. So. Um, you know, here, and, and but, you know, 
with my departure, um, you know, I, I, I left when he was 18. And through, with my departure, you know, uh, I'm, I'm the type of person, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty observant. And knowing the world that I grew up in, which is a dog-eat-dog world, uh, the survivor of the fittest, um, he never had an interest in learning and wanted to know sports. Uh, he did participate in martial art and was able to uh, obtain a higher ranking in martial art, the sport of martial art, should I say. Um, but, um, you know, so he never, never had the competitive spirit of basketball and football and things of that nature. And so to make a long story short, you know, uh, with my departure, I find it necessary to, to stay in close contact with him, you know. Um, you know, I was fortunate to be given a set of tools on knowing how to live um, through my drug recovery uh, episodes. I was given freely a set of tools of knowing how to live. But I know the things I have obtained through drug recovery, a lot of people just don't get it. They, they don't. They don't know. And so, um, and but I did. But I do understand that it was my responsibility still as a parent, even five hours away, to still be a parent, a compassionate parent, a friend, more so than a parent, see, a friend. And that's what that's what Ms. Uh, Ms. Jones, uh, Ms. Cheryl had alluded to, to be a friend, a listening friend. And that's something that they don't get. They can't, you know, most people can't get a person to listen to them without being judgmental to what they say. That's why a lot of marriages just don't last long, because if a, if a wife finds it comfortable to confide into a husband, if he don't know to shut up and be a friend to the wife and not being judgmental, don't be judgmental to the things that she confide in you, then that's that's the whole point. So we live in a judgmental age where the, the least amount that you confide into a person, they want to use that against you. And you know, and and you know, and I'm gonna let this go at this point right here. Uh, Christianity, uh, the the practice, the male practice of Christianity has that um, that facade that there has to be constructive in a way to tell you how you should, do, as opposed to helping you get there or giving you a reason, uh, certain steps how to get where you are. They assume that you're supposed to already know this just because you heard of it, and I think that's the male practice of of, of our faith. We got to get back to a point where we have to care enough to listen and then guide people, help guide people, as opposed to trying to dictate to them. Thank you. And one of the things we need to come to understand is that we don't know where people are in their lives uh, when when danger or disappointment comes into their lives. You know, suicide is just one one issue or one statement or movement away from a bad situation. You know, so once you find yourself, you are you may do something that that ends your life already we know prematurely because you would have, if not for that thought, 
you wouldn't have, you would have continued to live. And so we really have to be careful and trying to understand what it is that people are feeling and what they're going through and uh, be willing to listen, maybe listen more than talk, uh, Andre. Uh, sometimes people just need to be able to share their frustrations with where they are in life. Well, Marvelous Monday to everyone, and you're exactly right. Joy said it well. We have to make sure that we take time to show compassion, and that's genuine compassion, because if a person have a courage to speak up uh, and say that they're thinking about certain things, um, that's a serious notation. And someone said uh, in our community how much of a challenge that is. That's the reason why I say I use the word courage. It is indeed a courage uh, for a person to seek out help because of the stigma that we have associated so much in our uh, society. But I want to make sure that we know that, uh, you know, mental health and mental wellness is just as important as physical uh, health and wellness. Right. So, again, we have to encourage that um, and let's not be stigmatized in a negative way. And we have to be ready uh, to show all the people that we care about uh, that we do love them. Uh, I'm not sure what it was that my parents did uh, to make me be able to get through my my life uh, without really feeling a lot of depression. I know that when I was in school, I was over six feet tall and and I wanted to do a lot of things that the other young men were doing, and um, but I was not seen as, you know, the the, the good-looking boy on campus or the the real, you know. I had to find my way initially, and I found it through athletics, and that gave me uh, some self-worth, and so people gravitated once I established myself. As an athlete, uh, more people gravitated toward me and made me feel better. But prior to that, you know, I, I remember being given the name Goofy and all kind of things up until I established myself as an athlete. And so sometimes we have to help people find their niche, find their value, uh, be it in artistic things, be it in drawing, be it whatever, so that they can gain their self-worth and see their value uh, not only to themselves but outside themselves. So, Joyce, sometimes we have to help people see the treasure inside themselves so that they can grasp hold to it. And, uh, and we got to let them know that they are special and that they were put on this earth for a purpose. And that purpose is that they have to seek sometimes to find what that purpose is. And a lot of times, you know, that you need to talk, listen, be able to to let them know how special they are, to make them help them feel good about themselves. Because a lot of times, you know, it's nothing wrong with being ill, but being able to seek that help, that's a big major, a major step when a person can, can reach out. So you don't be in a hurry to turn the other way just to be that sounding board because our young people, a lot of us older people, we do need it. 
And when we seek that help, you know, that, that, that's a big step. It's a major step. And like Audre and Michelle said, and Dee and everyone about the stigma, you know, there's no stigma when it comes to, to getting the, the help and the sickness. We got to be bold enough and teach our young people you don't care what is being said until you seek what it is that you need to make yourself strong. And we got to tell our young people how special they are. We got to let them know that they do have a purpose and that they are somebody. You know, they, they, that's, that, that's what's being delivered to them. You're not a second-class citizen. You're a full citizen. And we got to reach back and let them know what they roots, what they're made of, what has come before them, and the reason why they get that, 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 that slack, uh, that, that, that mess that they get ahead of them because of who they are. They are special. We are kings and queens, and we got to let them know that. And they are for you to be where you are. That's why you need to stand strong, and when you look in the mirror, you need to like what you see. But until you're able to like what you see in the, in the mirror, don't feel bad about seeking help getting you to get there. And, um, Nate, you know, we have to help them find where their comfort is. Uh, we don't need to be pushing them toward what we want them to do. We need to be guiding them to what where their comfort is and try to identify what is uh where we need to help them go to to help the bud or flower come out in their gift. And so, you know, instead of us trying to figure out, well, that's what I like, I want him to like it too, we got to figure out what they like and what they want to gravitate to and spend a lot of time um, growing within themselves. You're absolutely right in that because I never, ever forced the military on none of my children, you know, because the military is my choice. That's something I was grown to be and everything. So I always encourage my uh, my children, uh, even to those who are even now, uh, whatever you want to go after, go after. I got your back. If you want to be a pole dancer, you know, I, I prefer you not to do that. I prefer you to be the best that you can be and everything. It's just like when my son came in today, you know, and, and, um, and um, it doesn't come. My son knew the young man, too. And I talked to him, even when I was on this on, on the show, I was reaching out to all my kids. I said, hey, listen, you don't need to talk about anything. I don't care about what it is or how silly it may sound. Let's talk about it and everything. Let's discuss it, you know, because y'all be surprised what your dad done been through. And I think that's the thing that us parents need to do, too, is not just encourage them but open up to the things that we struggle in and everything. A lot of times we keep stuff so quiet, especially when it comes to the men, we keep stuff so quiet because we feel like we're not going to look – um, manly, you know, we try to uh, try to keep that masculine um, built up front, and a lot of that stuff is, is just a morale. It's it, it just a front, and a lot of times so I had to break down and talk to my kids about things I've been through in life. I, I had to be honest with them about the abuse that I've been through as a kid and everything, about the things I've seen and throughout my life to open up that door for them to talk. Because sometimes, like my father was so unapproachable, I was my dad used to tell me all the time I could come talk to him about anything. And I would try to talk to anything, but at the end of the conversation, I was dumb, stupid, don't come to him with no foolishness and everything like that. And and, and I shut up, you know, at the, end of, at the end of the time. But I carried a lot of that stuff inside of me and everything. And it was then recently, like I said, when I got home from the military, I had to start talking about the stuff because this stuff bothered me for so long and everything. And that, you know, my people was minimizing my feelings and everything. So I had to understand, you know, I had a problem, but... 
I wasn't the problem. A lot, a lot of my surroundings was the problem. I'm trying to get people to understand me and everything. So I went to counseling. Counseling let me know it was okay. Where I'm at right now, it's okay. We can work on it. We can deal with it right then and there. And so I started bringing my mom into it and started telling her about some of the things I've been through, how I felt. And she started opening up. She said, I did not know, you know, and, and, you know, she automatically was a part of jail. And I said, no, well, this, a lot of this stuff is not your fault. You know, I probably should have said something a while back, but I'm still growing up in that time frame, you know, just like on um, D said, a lot of stuff was so tabooed and stuff. And my mom was still learning how to be, be a mom herself at the same time. Some of this stuff is, is uh, fire by baptism. So that, so when, when when I first heard about the news of uh, uh, um, uh, 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 Johnny killing himself today, I reached out to everybody I know because I want everybody. Hey, y'all, let's discuss this because we it's, it's bad enough that uh, that that we losing our older folk, but we losing our our next generation too because we are not raising them properly. We're not opening up doors uh, or giving them an avenue or approach to talk about these things and everything like that. And even though we may not have a solution, let's have an ear at least so they can get it off their chest. And a lot of times when I go to counsel, that's what I'm doing. I'm talking about things that bother me. And sometimes we don't necessarily come up with a solution, but at least it's off my chest and everything. And and, and it bothers me that it, it, it just the suicide rate has just gotten so high because it's an easy way out. We're not encouraging people that you can't make it. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. If my dad had been alive, not when I first came home, thought about it, I would never have went to my father and told him that I was struggling, uh, wanting to be on this earth, dealing with suicide and everything. Like I would never, never have went to him with his insensitive self, because he would have said something stupid that might who had pushed me over the edge and everything. And I know him, so I dare would not even go to him. And I was too embarrassed to go to my mama about it. I didn't want to hurt her, and I didn't want her to see me in a different light. But thank God for God putting me around the right people and other soldiers who helped me that I can confide in, who helped me get the counseling, and that's why I don't deal with those thoughts no more. But if I'm 47 years old and uh, and uh, been and been out and seen all the things I said and thought about it, what makes you think that our generation right now coming up dealing with the pressures of the world that they got is not dealing with it? So, yes, we should encourage them. Yes, we should beat them where they at. You know, yes, we should love them. At the same time, show them what they're wrong at. But at the same time, let's show them what they're right at, too. Thank you. And, uh, D, we just got past Father's Day. And we really have to learn what the value of being a father is and how being a father puts us in a position to help our children and the people we love to navigate through the tough times. We have to help them uh understand that there's nothing uh, that they should allow to get them to the point where they want to leave the family unit. Well, you know, Nate said something that was really important. Um, you know, in, in his talk toward the end, he mentioned about being around the right people. And that's, to me, that's the most important part. Uh, we have to learn how to be the right people. See, it's a, it's a learned behavior all across the board. The responsibility that we are looking to be uh, and the responsibility we are looking to take, we have to learn to be the right people. Case in point, when we were talking about gay people the other day, all right, and just a moment ago, 
James, you said that uh, we have to be there for the people that have these issues or have this situation going on in their life, and I can call it issues, the situation that's going on in their life. Well, the point of the matter is you can't tell a lot of times just by looking at them what they're going through. You can't look in the eyes and see what's on the other side of the eyes. So when a person chooses to be gay and they get caught up in that lifestyle, and you got to know, I would think, that they have these thoughts also. So we have to learn how to be for, here we go, for all people, for all the people. We can't be selective in who do, in, in who we choose to help. You see, we, if we do that, we're missing the point of being who we are. Right, right. When we come to a point, when we come to a point like we've been talking about all year, that we have arrived and we have a certain financial status in life, and that is that as good as it gets? I think not. I think that, you know, once we reach that plane, then what we're supposed to do, like we used to do, we reach down and help somebody else up. When a person thinks that we are unapproachable, then you got to know they will not even try to approach us. Because, you know, I remember a time when I was going through drug, uh, drug my drug saga. And I was in I was so disconsolate in my in my life and, and the way things were going for me. And I mentioned to my my mom one day, I said, Mom, I say, uh, I say, I don't know how to pray. And it, it upset at her and she said, What do you mean you don't know how to pray? All you do is ask God to have mercy on you. And I say that to say, you know, I think we read too much into things to where people can kind of pick up on that to where they can say, Well, you know, I can't tell this guy nothing because uh, he might can relate, or they might can't really mm-hmm. articulate what they're trying to say to us. That's where we have to be more open armed in all that we are, in all that we are. You know, like Michelle was talking about how Katrina was. You know, if you if, if you was there, if you was there in front of your TV set and CNN, CNN gave it to y'all, and we know how. Uh, Discontinent they were Even the police officers You know Thing was such a, In a muck That some Even some of the police officers Took their life So uh, The lesson The lesson is That we're supposed To be able to Absorb Everything in life That God has given up on Us on a day to day basis And we get the good part And we want to Relate And to convey The good part To other folks and I think I got to go right now. Thank you, folks. Sorry. Yeah, it, it is important that we know the rule, the role that we all play in trying to get through our journey, and that we can't be so self-absorbed, Cheryl, that uh, we only see what it is we need from life and what we need from others to get through. We have to be ready and prepared to give what we have. Uh, any way we can. Uh, maybe we don't know what to say like Nate said, but maybe we know somebody that does. And so we need to be able to put our our, our lives in a, in, a, uh, in a way, uh, create a way in our lives 
to not only be concerned about the people we love, uh, but the people who pass by us. Because uh, we shouldn't want anyone to suffer terribly. You're absolutely right. And, you know, if we can keep in mind that we are servants, and servants is that we serve others and not be as focused on self because God will take care of our needs. But sometimes we overdo it with our own self, and it's all about me, all about me, all about me. And, you know, I try to be there for a lot of people. I, tr- You know, I try to show them I am who I say I am. Um, just recently, uh, a, high, uh, a classmate of mine from high school lost her husband. And this was the very same weekend that our class had its picnic that Saturday. Well, the funeral was that Friday, and I had anticipated and thought, you know, with her being popular, you know, we may not have known her husband, but knowing her, that people would would show up. Well, not one, not one classmate was there. And I always tell her online, I'm praying for you. And the things that I say, I'm here for you. And she was so shocked. But I want to say, I am who I say I am. The same thing with these two little children. You know, her mama, when I left Tennessee, I said, I am here for you. And when she made that call at 430 after getting myself together, 12 o'clock midnight, I was on the road by myself, headed out that way. Because not thinking about me, but thinking about them. And sometimes if we stop so much thinking about ourselves and overanalyzing it, all of this other stuff, and not realizing, you know, God's going to take care of us. And that he puts situations before us to see just what we're going to do. If we're going to be who we say we're going to be, or we're going to do what we say we're going to do, will we have the integrity, will we do, you know, um, it's so much that we can do that we don't do, but people need each other. He uses us in the form of doing his work as well. So not that if we don't do it, he's going to use somebody else. But why not let him use you? Why not let him use you in the way that he sees? You know, we say that prayer, Lord, use me how you see fit until it's convenient for me or if it's convenient for me. And when it's not convenient for me, you know, Lord, pass me by. Now, that's not the words, but that's what we might as well say. So we have to be there for each other, and we have to be ever so careful of what we say. You know, because something we say can be the factor of somebody um, being depressed or it can be a driving force or it can be a force that drives them straight to their grave. It can be a mental block for them. So we got to be careful how we use our words 
and think about them before we say what we say because it will impact someone. Life can be life can be so tricky or un well, I don't necessarily word use it tricky, but I'm, I'm we have to be on guard because of what we say can be so damaging uh, that we have to give good thought to the words that we allow to come out of our mouths because they are critical in the lives of others, Andre. We we can't just uh, go by the hip uh, and, and as though that, uh, you know, people will survive our thoughts. We have to make sure we don't do more damage uh, than has already been done. Are you there, Andre? Uh, Joyce, knowing the power of the tongue, we have to we have to be critical and really think out what we're going to say before we 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 try to to intervene. That's true because words hurt. People claim that words don't, but they do. What people say, they hurt, and a lot of people take what you say personally. Uh, their feelings, uh, they're based on a lot of what people say and what people think about them. So uh, we do have to watch what we say, how we say it, and uh, how the, the message is delivered. And when we do li- uh, deliver the message, we got to read a per- person, too, to see how they're perceiving the, the situation. And if they're not perceiving it the way that you feel that you honestly giving it out, then you got to make your feelings and your explanation perfectly clear to that person so they can understand it and don't take everything personally. A lot of people like to recall just a little bit of stuff that may not be important to you, but to them they 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 they, they grasp every word and they hang on to everything that it is that you say. So, you know, the power of the tongue. So we, we got to be always conscious of that. And we have to be able to make time. We can't uh, act as though, Nate, that uh, we don't have time. Uh, you know, we have to really consider when people call into our phones and um, say and, and want to talk to us uh, that we don't just rush them off. Uh, we need to really hear what people are saying so that we don't misconstrue uh, what, what, what it is that they need. Absolutely, you know, a, 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 absolutely, you know, I mean, just think about how many um, better decisions could have been made if we just took the time to listen, you know, get a press opportunity to share their thoughts and their feelings and everything, you know, uh, without without um, ridiculing them or criticizing them or or not even having the time, you know, like, you know, you know, we do should we should treat people how we want to be treated and everything like that. I know when I'm going through a problem, I want to be taken seriously, and not only when I be taken seriously, I, I won't help and everything. So we, yeah, we so we do need to take all these things, not just take them into consideration, but take it into practice and everything. You know, the Bible says, "Are we our brothers keeper?" Yeah, we are. We are because they're so telling who's going through what at any given time. Life is so fun, a tragedy or a situation can happen at any given time. And we should have our ear open. That's one of the things that leadership in the Army and ministry has taught me, especially when I uh, got into the um, 
and became a team leader, squad leader, um, they, they they really emphasized that said, hey, you you have to walk, make sure your team is okay. Regardless, if they don't ask you, you check up on them and everything. So I learned that, and I learned that in the ministry, it was to be about serving. You know, not about saving the um, the biggest plate for the pastor at the, at the end of the day. It's about serving, checking on the people, making sure they're good, they're okay, because people smiling don't mean they're okay. You know how I many the days I smile and I was just tore up from the floor, hurting and everything like because I was hiding, walking in shame, walking in embarrassment because I've been ridiculed and cut down so many times. So we have to be able to approach people and let them know it's okay to get it out. And everything, even if it takes a while, it doesn't mean they're gonna come out right off the bat and tell you. So we have to we have to demonstrate patience and everything, and let them know, hey, I'm there for you, and and give them a constant remind them uh, that, hey, I'm there for you. It's okay, you know, don't worry. About it. And when you feel like talking, you know, just 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 like, just 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 like um, I was texting Charlene the, the day. I said, listen, I know you don't feel like talking. I know you're dealing with a lot, but I'm here. Just in, when you ready to talk, I'm here. I'm not gonna bother you. But I'm here, and that's the thing that we're missing out on right now, because we are missing out on the time. We need to take time out for each other, because this world will be a hell of a lot better if we just take the time out. Especially those who are supposed to be saved and everything, saying we've got the love of Christ in. But Christ, Jesus always took time for me when I came to Him in prayer. He ain't never told me to shut up. He ain't never told me no. He ain't never told me call back later. But we do that to other people. Well, you know, we won't feel like talking and stuff like that. And I've done it in the past, and I was dead wrong for it. I'm on the phone asking God forgive me for the times I do do it, but I'm not doing it no more because you never know what it's going to cost. And now, right now, my friend is planning a funeral, and she's hurting. I'm hurting because she's hurting because I love her to death. I do anything in the world for her and right now, and I wish I was there to hold her. Let me tell her it's going to be okay. So for that alone. I'm grabbing. I'm grabbing to my kids. One of my, my oldest daughter just texted me because she went to school with her. She's distraught right now. So there's no excuse at the end of the day. I know I'm making no excuses. I'm just gonna do better. Thank you. Well, it's important that we know again that what role we play in the world, and uh, that our Father requires us uh, to be a helping hand uh, to those who who need it. Uh, the journey just is not to be selfish. The journey is to be one in which we are given the opportunity uh, to have a, a a word to share with others as they go through their lives and, and through their pain. And so, George, we have to be um, observant. We have to be aware of what's going on around us uh, so that we can uh, have the ability uh, to intervene when necessary. That's true. We we have to be uh, able to be open uh, and be not yeah. so quick to to be a, a turn off. You know, turn someone off. And we got to let them know that we're protected. You know, your body language, the way that your your attitude, your persona, all of that has a lot to do with a person. Particularly if they're seeking out for help, they're gonna they're gonna check all of that out first. And when they tell you that something, I mean, it takes a lot for a person to come out and let you know what their weaknesses are. Because, you know, Mm -hmm. when a person goes to that length, they know that they really need help and they need something to bounce someone off. And that's when you should drop everything. You got my full attention. You know, how can we work through this? And like Michelle said, that sounding board, just listen. Because more than likely they want to get it off their chest and they need to express themselves. And when they seek and help, that's therapy when they talk. 
sometimes they can tell you the same stuff over and over and over again. I know that's 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 how it works because I've been in that situation. I think we all have at one point been some type of illness where we need to seek somebody for some type of direction, some type of help, some type of uh, uh, discipline, just an ear. I think uh, uh, Cheryl, um, uh, the one in California, because he has helped me. It seemed like every time when I just really needed someone to bounce something else, I get that email saying, I'm praying for you, sister. You was on my heart, mm. you know. That means a lot. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, yes. don't be afraid to say that because that was – and it may be something that I said or something that I was – seeking for, but she picked up on something, but as soon as we was off of that program, she sent me a text and an email, and that came at a perfect time, so we got to be able to hear that hear that voice, you know, you got to be able to read that person when they really need that help, and, you know, that's what we all are, we all are healers, you know, we just got to be able to be perceptive of what it is that they're needing. Right. right. All right, we're going to take a short break, and we're going to come back and uh, continue our conversation.
so very important that we recognize and understand the role we play in this world and make sure that we don't allow an opportunity uh, to get past us when we need to step up and show who we truly are. We are a part of this world for a reason, and there's no reason to allow our counterparts, our brothers and sisters, to suffer if there's a way for us to intervene. You know, uh, we come on this show for a reason, uh, and we do this because there's a cause, and we have to be prepared to do our part and not think that um, that there's true value in the time that we serve. There is a reason for us being here other than just sucking air, and we got to recognize that we got to find our place and play our role so that there's a legacy that we live of service. And Cheryl, it is so important that we know things that you are committed to doing, like saving these young children's lives, that that has meaning and that that goes somewhere. And that is, we have to make sure that we are a part of whatever it is that you're doing. And just like you are a part of what we're doing, we have to serve a purpose in life and not just uh, wake up in the morning, drink our coffee and go about our way. There has to be meaning to what what it is that we do. Absolutely. And, you know, in doing those things, it's not always convenient at the time. And we can't live our life, you know, just off of convenience or what we think that is good for us. Because we're not stretching, we're not growing, we're not doing all of those things. We're not putting our mark on this earth, you know, and to to leave something behind. You know, ask yourself daily, if I died today or tomorrow, how would I be remembered? Not how do you think you will be remembered. How will you actually be remembered? Mm-hmm. What are your accomplishments? What did you do? So that can kind of spark something into you, whatever you're doing. If you're not doing it now, now is the time to start doing it. Make a difference. And making a difference does not mean that you are reaping a benefit from it. It does not mean an exchange for money. It means that you're making a difference in the lives of others. We are being what God put us here to be, servants. We are our brother's keeper. And we should always know when the next person is hurting and when the next person is going through something. And we should be there. It's not that, um, you know, and I'm not going to say not, you know, people say, well, none of my business, I'm going to keep to myself. Make it your business. Make it your business Mm -hmm. to no more than pray for somebody. And ask somebody if they need to talk. Just like um, Nate and um, the others were saying, People may need to talk, and don't cut them off, because I know I have people that call me from all over, people that I have never, ever met, and talk to me about their situations. And then once they get through to them, maybe every couple of months they'll just call, and they'll, or they'll send me a text and say, I'm doing fine. But I know I served, it was only for a season. 
and I serve my purpose for whatever it may have been. So ask yourself, what am I doing? Because like I always say, we can do more. All right. And, Arden, let me just say um, to you, and I don't know if you remember these conversations, but I just shared out loud. When I listen to what uh, Cheryl has done and the, you know, the the link that she's willing to go, I know that we've talked about, you and I have talked about how uh, comfortable we are in our lives right now. And the worst thing in the world could happen to me is if my daughter were to have a child and somehow or another that child became my responsibility. And you grapple with what your role is supposed to be as a grandmother or a grandfather, and you see these other people who are being, um, becoming parents uh, because their children are unable to do it. Uh, and so it really makes me shame when I see um, what Cheryl has done. But you and I have had that conversation about not ever wanting to be a parent uh, to the length of, of really having to care for a child again. So we see there are people who take on that as a responsibility. Yes, uh, I just wouldn't want that responsibility full time because I just know how much is involved with it. And in today's uh, age, we have to make sure that you're up on everything, not only just the competition uh, uh, with computers and technology, but, again, that, that mindset, that, that value. Um, you know, I was blessed to be a parent, but um, my joy in grandparenting is I was just talking to my son. I flipped over from you guys, you know. I'll, I'll have the children once a week, maybe twice a week at a time so I can instill my values. But beyond that, that full time, that's just beyond me. Um, and I, I give kudos to those who can do it. I just know it's, it's such hard work and such a great responsibility. So. I, I join you in congratulating Cheryl and any of those like that. Uh, Joyce, uh, you know, we uh, quickly come to the end of another show. What are your final thoughts this evening? I agree with you 100%, Audre. Hey, you know, you can, you can take them for a short period of time, but it's a lot to take on the responsibility of what a parent is now. And my, my uh, accolades goes out to the young people who has the determination. It is our job to really kind of mold them and, and put whatever it is, our values in them when we do have them, you know. But uh, hopefully we have taught our kids well enough where that they can pass what is really needed on to really give them what they really truly need. But today has been a wonderful for, for show. I would like to say is that, you know, we just have to be able to be that year when uh, people seek out for our help. And uh, also, don't be afraid to ask for help. That's key. Yeah. At one point, we all need to do that. Ask for help and don't have no shame in your game when you do need it. Thank you. Okay, Nate, your final thought this evening? Let us stop tabooing everything. Let us, like everybody said, let's talk about it. Let's open up our ears and let's be quick to listen and slow to speak. Let's just stop tabooing everything. Yeah, you know, we we uh, we have to do better. Just like Cheryl says, you know, we, we have to seek 
to be better people so that we can help our brothers and sisters through the ordeals that they have. We have to recognize that people uh, are not all at the same place at the same time and uh, that we have to uh, be prepared to intervene in their lives uh, so that we give them the opportunity to uh, get to a better place. I want to just thank you all for your continued support and calling into the show and allowing us to have these good conversations and hope people are able to move on from where they are to a better place as they listen to the shows uh, that we have. We'll be back on tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern time uh, to talk about the things that make a difference. So everybody take care. Be prepared to be on the show tomorrow uh, because we want to make sure our voices are heard loud and clear. your children and don't let them fall by the side of the road and teach them to love one another that heaven might find a place Jeez.